0: Muhammadan This discussion about colonialism has arisen because of the internationalization of the Black Lives Matter movement that has opened wounds that were never healed or forgotten. These wounds are the legacy of colonialism. To discuss the subject is useful to start with a working definition. Colonialism is when a country physically expands its territory influence and control over other lands and people through brutality, steals the riches of the country and creates a two-class system between the people of the occupied land and the motherland. This definition perfectly sums up the history and brutality faced by the native Indians of America, the aborigines of Australia, the African continent and India under the British Raj, the effects of which are still very present today politically, economically and socially, let me just mention a few stats and quotes, which are readily available online. In his book *Genocide in Australia*, Professor Colin Tatz wrote that though no official figures exist, the Aboriginal population, which reigned up to 750,000 in 1800, became only approximately 30,000 by the 1900, i.e., over 90 percent of the Aboriginal population disappeared. Paul Wellman, in his book, The Indian Wars of the West, about the native Indians of America wrote, and I quote, the Indian were thought of as less than human and worthy only of extermination. We did shoot down defenseless men, women and children. We did send whole villages of people out naked to freeze in the iron cold of Montana winters and we did confine thousands in what amounted to concentration camps." Of During the 18th century, 6 to 7 million Africans were enslaved and sent to the United States, ended up working in cotton fields, and their mistreatment is well documented. In the first three decades of French occupation of Algeria, it is estimated up to 3 million Algerians were killed. And finally, under the British Raj, India was plundered and left in debt. Though the British talk about their proud legacy, such as establishing a railway infrastructure, this was purely for the purpose to transport the wealth of India back to England. The British introduced laws that forced Indians to produce crops to fuel British industrialization, and not food crops to feed the local population. It is estimated that 55 million Indians died during a famine under the British Raj as the British took the crops back to England, denying the local population access to food. This is the heritage of colonialism. And on the back of this, under the BLM momentum, three distinct actions have emerged. Firstly, people began pulling down statues of colonizers commemorated for their contribution to a city or country like in Bristol. A contribution that was built on plunder, enslavement, torture, rape and exploitation. Secondly, there are strong calls, particularly in Africa, for names of streets associated with colonialist names to be changed. The third action is where European leaders have made public apologies for the country's brutal colonial past. Recently, King Philippe of Belgium expressed deep regret for Belgium's colonial history. Macron, the French president, did something very similar a couple of years ago regarding Algeria. The truth of the matter is, these public statements of regret are crocodile tears. There is no sincerity and no real intent. Simply put, colonialism is very much alive and kicking today. None of these actions can redress this reality. The idea that nations in Africa, South America and the Indian subcontinent gained independence is one of the greatest illusions in human history. Independence only removed the physical presence of the colonialist, but the political and economic control and exploitation remained. Politically, colonial powers still dictate and impose their policies on countries, whether it is regime change, controlling regimes, policies, and dictating foreign engagement. Pakistan, for example, has served American interests at a cost of billions and got nothing in return. Look at Pakistan's inaction over Kashmir at the behest of the US. Arab rulers pay homage with regular visits to America and Britain to receive orders from their masters. These regimes are equivalent to the expression of the house negro, meaning they are given the responsibility to impose the rules of their colonial master upon their own people. Economically, the colonial nations impose tough austerity measures through the likes of the IMF and World Bank, which enslaves them through debt, foreign investment and privatisation, bringing hardship on the local population. Look at the economies of Pakistan Bangladesh. In fact, most of the Muslim world is decimated and crippled by corruption and harsh economic terms and policies. Pakistan, for example, is laden with debt, which eats nearly 40% of the budget every year. Pakistan continues to take out loans to be able to cover repayments of past borrowing. It signed another deal with the IMF for a bailout package worth $6 billion. In return, food inflation sits at 20%, prices have been raised for electricity and gas, and public services are being sold off to privatization for profit. In the second budget of Imran Khan, announced on the 12th of June 2020, in strict compliance with the IMF, PTI has committed to make interest payments of almost 3 trillion rupees when the entire budget is just over 7 trillion rupees. To make these back-breaking interest repayments, the PTI has prostrated before the IMF by imposing a tax target of almost 5 trillion rupees which will further choke Pakistan's already gasping economy and bring further hardship to the people of Pakistan This is the reality of colonialism today It is very much alive and the sincere actions of people to challenge the status quo is only token Nothing will change In conclusion To emphasize colonialism is very much alive It is also inevitable based on the current global system that is established on secularism which makes man sovereign therefore discrimination and exploitation are inevitable as the driver is material benefit and dominance this phase of secularism will remain until there is an alternative and the only alternative is islam under the shade of the khilafah its system Policies and expansion is not grounded in exploitation or subjugation, but upon liberation, citizenship, rights, and prosperity. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has described us as what? Kuntum umma ukhrijat linnas that we are the best nation brought to mankind. Why? Because we engage in Bil bilmaghroof wa tanhauna anilmunkar wa tauminuna because we enjoin the good and we forbid the evil. And Allah SWT has described us as Ummatun Wasata litakunu nas, that we have become the nation of authority as a witness to mankind. That is a position that we must have. Sadly, only history is testament to this at the moment. But at least it is good to end with the following quote from H. G. Wells in his book, The Outline of History when he said, and I quote, Islam has created a society freer from widespread cruelty and social oppression than any other society had ever been in the world before. JazakAllah khair. Aqulika ulihada. Wa rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and sirah are available at